that's not very often that I, that I do get to speak. I sometimes overstress about it. I try to get what I'm going to say so it'll flow together and kind of make it more entertaining. But this time I'm going to speak about uh, kind of three different things. I was trying to arrange it to, if it'll flow into you know each message or each part. But uh, you know that's not important. The, the important part is uh, you know that it's accurate. It's God's word, and that we you know we learn and we're encouraged. You know, that's what's most important. Yeah, today, uh, this first part, if you want to turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, I'm going to start reading in verses 1, and uh, I think just the first uh, two or three verses we're going to talk about on this, and uh, I only got the, the, new, uh, the new Testament, and I don't know why, but I can't, I guess I'll, I'll be asking a few of you if you guys would be willing to read, because I can't I guess that's one reason you should be using the <laughs> Bible rather than the, the app, right? So I'll go ahead and start reading this, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Galatians chapter 6, and I'm reading out of the ESV, um, so uh, yeah, it might be a little bit different from the NIV or, or uh, New Living, whatever translation you're using. Chapter 6, I'm going to start in verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if any other believer is overcome by sin, or uh, yeah, by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Verse 2, this is uh, kind of what uh, I'm going to focus on today. Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are important, are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. You're not that important. <laughs> I chuckled a few times at that while reading it. You know, I can just kind of picture Paul, right? And people reading this, you know, okay, well, you, you know. So where, where do we where do we turn to in dealing with difficulties? Where, where you know where do we turn to? Like this morning, you know, I was sitting back here, I was thinking. You know, uh, during prayer time, there was a lot of burdens. You know, the people were sharing each other's burdens, but also we, you know, there's some praises that were going on, right? But kind of like in, in in my experience, and from the time I uh, I started coming to church, I think I was 19, 20, 21, somewhere in there when I when when I was a believer. You know, I find people are. Uh, we're often quick, you know, to share what's troubling them. You know, sometimes, you know, even church-going people, like, uh, you know, people that don't even come to church, you know, you'll, you'll bump into them and you say, oh, you know, how's it going? How are you doing? A lot of times, the quick answer, oh, I'm doing okay. I'm good. I'm doing okay. Underneath, you know, you know, I get that we don't, we don't bear all to, um, to anybody that asks us what's going on or what's wrong, you know, we, we kind of pick and choose who to share with. Right? You know, it's our duty and our privilege as as uh, believers to help one another, carry the heavy load, you know, just carry, you know, carry each other's burdens, bear another burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
we're not meant to struggle alone in isolation. You know, when it comes to uh, you know to our to our church, to our local church, um, your burdens are our burdens. From the beginning, God declared, "It's not good that a man should uh, be alone." Now, can, can I get somebody to read Genesis chapter two, verse eighteen? Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a, a helper suitable for him. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's terrible to feel that loneliness. You know, in, uh, in you know, just in this quiet isolation. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. But, you know, we have to, uh, we have to be willing to share. You know, there's a certain amount of vulnerability on our end that, uh, you know, that takes to, um, we have to be willing to share our burdens. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you, sorry, I'm just reading my notes. I, I kind of got a little dialogue places wrote down and then notes wrote down. I'm trying to, to make it go. And then, uh, you know, if you're feeling, feel alone, you know, in, in your in your sorrow, in your struggles. Um, in First Peter five, I'm go there, I think I got there. Or if somebody gets there before me, First Peter five verse seven. We start reading. Whoever gets there, just start reading. Cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. As part, and, and Pete touched on this as he was uh, as he was closing the prayer. And part of casting our anxieties on Christ is sharing them with his body, with the church. So that through his church, Christ himself, you know, he can care for us, he can care for you. We all have burdens to carry. The burdens that God has given you to carry may be of a different size or shape than he has given to someone else. But every Christian has burdens to carry. Some suffer the burden of temptation and the consequence of a moral lapse or a spiritual fall. Others are faced with a serious physical ailment, mental disorder, or a handicap. Then there are those who, whose lives are weighed down with a broken marriage, broken family, lack of employment, um, or the permanent consequences resulting from abuse. This list could go on and on. We could, we could, we could probably fill a page by ourselves. It goes on and on. These are just a few examples. But Jesus came into the world to bear our burdens. All of them, he took the heaviest burden, the one under which we have been utterly crushed. And he put it upon himself in uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 24. Whoever gets there first, just... 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Powerful. He himself bore our sins and laid his body on the tree. 
he continually calls out everyone who is loaded down by their burdens. And this is one of the, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, this is one of the key verses that, that really, you know, hit me as a young believer. I was so, you know, I was loaded, uh, yeah, I was loaded down with this, all kinds of stresses and anxieties. And, and this verse was, uh, was so, so important to me. I really, really come to it. Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Yeah, I could probably just memorize it. Actually, I do that memorize. <clears throat> Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and uh, and learn from me. Yeah, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. See. You gotta understand why why the Lord Jesus often, you know, he was angry with the Pharisees. Um, but you guys happen to remember something that he had told you that he told them? In Luke eleven verse forty six he said, Woe to you because you load people down with you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry. And you yourselves will not lift one finger to help. What we do with people's burdens, what do we do with people's burdens then? It has an eternal significance. Either we come to Jesus, who has lifted the burden from, lifted the burden of sin from us, and we start helping others with their burdens, or we let people suffer under the burdens. And thus indicating that we actually don't know Christ at all. In spite of what we might confess, you know, keep touching on that a little bit too. I fear that sometimes we think, and I think, and possibly we think and act as if true piety and true religion consist in letting others carry their own burdens, especially when, in our opinion, they are carrying a burden of their, of their own making. I'm guilty of that. They've done this, they made that decision, they're doing this, you know what? Whatever. It's kind of the wrong attitude. They absolutely, uh, they absolutely should have our help carried. But when we think and act along these lines, you know, we're, we're really no different from these Pharisees who loaded down people with their burdens. That we're, uh, you know, that you know, that what they put on was not possible to carry. So, Isaiah 53, 4, if somebody would uh, read that. Read that. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, bitten by God and afflicted. Let us remember then that Jesus lifted you know, lifted the burden from us. As, as undeserving as we all are, he lifted our burden through his death on the cross. There's no better place to learn the law of sacrificial love than at the cross. There's no better person from uh, whom to learn this law than from Jesus. Sorry, I could have all kinds of things. 
Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. And there's no better way to display pure religion than to carry each other's burdens. The undeserving helping the undeserving. For in this way we fulfill the law of Christ. Fellowship in the body of, of Christ is uh, can be a two-sided coin. When failure and sorrow come, our partners in the gospel are there to share it with them. And we must not forget the flip side. When joy and celebration come, experiences of devastation, loss, or crippling guilt, your brothers and sisters also need to share experience, the experience of gospel, victory, and joy, answered prayers, lifted burdens. Matt and has shared their, their renovations, you know, this, you know how thankful they were for, for this Hopkins farm, right? And the help of, of the body that, that helped them achieve this. You know, sometimes, you know, we, uh, you know, we're slow to report back what God has done in the life. And, uh, you know, that's important. It's important us, it's important to you to hear what God, how, how God has helped you in your life. It's important to me, just, you know, to be able to hear that. God did not design us to keep joy to ourselves. He means for our joys to be shared, not to be, not to be selfish with good news. The Lord Jesus is indeed working in your life so that you can pray the word. Uh, can somebody read Psalm chapter 9, verse 1? I will give thanks to the Lord, Lord with all, Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. You can pray these words. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. You know, we, we fulfill our Christian duty by, you know, by, by, by laying logs on the fire of the church of worship. We give thanks to you, O Lord. We give thanks. Your name is near. We recount your, your uh, wondrous deeds. That's Psalm 75 1. I did write that. Yeah, there's 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 joy in, in in praise. There's joy in hearing what God is, is doing in uh, in, uh, in others' lives. Any questions on that part? <coughs> no, we'll go on to part two. <laughs> <laughs> Who's familiar with the story of Jonah? Seeing heads move, arms go up. Um, do you guys sometimes feel like your life just keeps going through, or there has been a time, you remember a time, that your life just keeps going through storm after storm after storm after storm? Can't really figure out why. You know what's going on here. You mean you're you're going to church, you're going to Bible study, you're paying your tithe, you're you know you're doing you're doing all the all the right things. You know, and you're just sitting back. You know, you know, Lord, what's going on here? You know, what's you know what's the deal? Have you guys ever felt like that before? I have. I know I have. 
Now, I can't say that this is going to be the fix for everybody, but let me show you uh, one possible reason why you might be finding yourself in storm after storm, even though you're doing the right things. Can I get somebody to read uh, just the first chapter of Jonah? Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to the city of Joppa. He found a, a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent a great wind into the sea. There was a great storm so that the ship was likely to be broken apart. And the sailors were afraid and cried everyone to their gods and cast out all of the cargo that was in the ship to lighten the ship. But Jonah was down inside the ship and he lay there and he was asleep. And the shipmaster came and said to him, What do you mean sleeping here? Rise up, call on your God, if it be so that God would think on us, so that we would not perish. And they said, each to their fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may figure out who is causing this evil to come on us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Tell us, we ask you, why is this evil come upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people do you belong to? And they said to him, he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who has made the sea and the dry land. This made the men very afraid, and they said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do that the sea might be calm? For the sea is, is tempestuous. That's quite the word. And he said to them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, that the sea will be calm, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, they rowed harder and they tried to get to shore, but they couldn't because the sea was so wild. The winds whipped against them. Therefore they cried to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, don't let us perish for this man's life. Don't put on us innocent blood. For you, O oh Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they took Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Now we're all familiar with uh, the story of Jonah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys were you guys still have growing up. Okay, Jonah, who was a prophet, 
God tells him to go preach repentance in Nineveh. Jonah, no way, decides to run from God. He gets on a ship and he goes in the opposite direction. While he's on the boat, running from God, he finds himself right smack dab in the middle of a life-threatening storm. The ship's about to be destroyed and everybody's going to die. But Jonah finally does the right thing. He says, all right, guys, my fault. I'm going to blame you. I'm running from God. Throw me out of the boat. God will stop the storm. It's exactly what happened. Threw him out of the boat. Storm stopped. In the rest of the story, you know, the whale swallows up Jonah. He's in it for three days. The whale spits him out. After that, you know what? He goes and does what God asks him, right? And, you know, he talked about learning hard. Learn <laughs> but I want you guys to think about something else. Was Jonah the only person on that boat? Of course not. There's a whole crew there. Just, let's just put it in a little perspective. You got the entire crew of the ship going through this life-threatening storm, and it had nothing to do with them. It had nothing to do with them. But it had everything to do with who they allowed on the boat. Started, you know, when I was going through this, it started making sense to me. You see, the truth is, you may be going through a storm, and it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing, it has nothing to do with you. And all to do with you need to lie in the boat. You know, it's... You know, you might even be thinking, you know what, Kelly, I don't even have a boat. You know, I, you know, who can afford a boat, maybe can afford a car, right? I get it, I understand, but I bet everybody's got one of these. There may be something, you know, going on right, right there that needs to be thrown out of the boat. You see in Proverbs, if I can get somebody to read Proverbs chapter 27, just verse 17.
But these are not people that, that we keep in our inner circle, are they? They're not people that I keep in my inner circle. They're not, they're not who I go to for wisdom. They're not the people that I spend the majority of my life and time with. Yes, I love them. They're friends, they're family. I love them. I love them dearly. I'll go eat a meal with them. But my inner circle, it's almost, you know, like we put it together strategically. You know, these are people like uh, like you guys. You know, body leaders. Um, I have a few people that, uh, that I go to. Um, for advice and wisdom, you know, it's uh, I'm grateful for these for these for these people. They moved out here for years, but I still keep in contact. With them. So I'm not saying to, to get rid of the people out of your life. You know, just uh, sometimes it's good to think about the relationships that we do and the importance that they hold on your life because. You know, that's, you know, sometimes, you know, the storm that we may find ourselves in may have nothing to do with us and everything to do with who we've allowed in our boat. So I just want to encourage, you know, to take a look at our relationships in our life. Are they, are they pushing you closer to Christ or are they pulling you to Christ? There's no middle ground. Really, there's no middle ground. Every relationship you have is either pulling you away or pushing you closer. And in the same regard, on the flip side of that, what kind of friend are you? What kind of friend are we? Are we the kind of friend that sharpens others? Are you encouraging and pushing your friends closer to Christ? If you're not, I'd encourage you to do so. It's, it's never too late to change. You know, um, sometimes it's a struggle finding big friends. Maybe we're looking for friends right now. If you're struggling to find friends, ask God. You know, He'll send you some. I'm pretty sure He will. God understands the importance to this even more than we do. You know, he, it, it's it's important to. Have good friends, be in good relationships, and uh, yeah. Coming to the end of this part, you know, if you if you really can't find anybody, then, you know, last resort, I'll be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can be a pretty good friend. I'm uh, encouraging you right now. <laughs> Third part. 